Welcome in, everybody, to this special emergency edition of Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. I am Jonathan Hood. Thanks so much for downloading this podcast. Don't forget to go in the archives of recent episodes talking about Hell in the Cell and, of course, In Your House from NXT. Well, the reason why we're doing this here on Friday afternoon at 4 o'clock Central Time is because, again, budget cuts, talent cuts happening in World Wrestling Entertainment. This is the second podcast I've had to do since WrestleMania talking about talent being cut by the WWE. I've seen this in numerous places, including the Wrestling Observer, that the rumored WWE releases coming on Friday turned out to be accurate as the company continued their recent pare down of the roster, focusing on NXT and 205 Live talents. The current list of cuts that continues to grow by the day are Fandango, Tyler Breeze, Tony Nese, Davari, August Gray, Everrise, which is Chase Parker, and Matt Martell, Kurt Stallion, the Bollywood Boys, uh, Arturo Ruas, Marina Shafir, and Killian Dane. So the majority of the releases were first reported uh, by PW Insider, Fightful, and also the Wrestling Observer. That's where I first saw it. And so when you go through these names, the first name that comes to mind is Fandango. And Fandango, the story of Fandango, um, Curtis Hussey, who's 39 years of age, the first thing you think of is Fandango was over, especially when Vince McMahon forced the hand of Chris Jericho, a veteran, and made Jericho lose at WrestleMania to Fandango. You remember, I remember like it's yesterday, the Monday Night Raw, where fans in New Jersey were raising their hands doing the dun 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 you know this whole thing right the dance of the fandango and that particular dance went viral as the fans in New Jersey were getting on the train and driving home uh, and people were still doing it there are video evidence of people saying you know I really like this clearly fandango was going to go from a heel to a baby face and McMahon could not stand it is so ridiculous, but it's, it's typical WWE, right? If you get over on your own, you're the bad guy. And so our organically, just like Daniel Bryan, just like so many other examples, Fandango, which was kind of ridiculous. I mean, like a, a dancing wrestler, something that you see in the 50s or 60s, right? In the modern day, in the modern day, Fandango got over. Fans loved it. They were moving their hands up and down and and kind of rooting for Fandango. And you know what happened? Vince McMahon killed it. You know why? Because he didn't come up with it himself. He came up with the concept of a dancing wrestler. Came up with the concept of this unknown. We know him from the independence, but un- unknown to WWE. He beats Jericho in an upset, and then you just snuff it out. Why? Because you and I as fans thought it was great, and we try to put him over and... It, that doesn't work in the WWE. If it's organic, you're not getting over unless you're twisting Vince McMahon's arm. So that's the what I always remember about Fandango. Um, his tag team partner, Tyler Breeze. Well, Tyler Breeze, I watched him at NXT, and I thought that he was over. Um, you you loved when he had the cell phone, and he was an embodiment of how absorbed we can be as people, right? In his phone, Concerned about what he looks like. They had it on the big screen uh, when he was going to ringside. I thought it was very unique. I thought for um, a light heavyweight or someone that 
is at his size, I thought that Tyler Breeze worked. The his promo was was good. He was um, he was obnoxious. He had the hair. He had everything going for him. And once again, they put Tyler Breeze and Fandango into this um, you know c- uh, comedic gimmick. These two and Tyler Breeze after his time in NXT. It just never worked for him. It didn't work for Vince McMahon. He didn't get it. You know, we go back to the archives of Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. And again, if you have not heard this, please go back and listen to what Triple H had to say before In Your House. It's not necessarily about In Your House, but about the state of the WWE and how Enik and Dave Meltzer, to his credit, from Wrestling Observer, asked the question about how the NXT roster, when they move up to Raw and SmackDown, they just get snuffed out. And Triple H had his answer, but it was a good question because I'm sure many that have loved those takeovers and loved the, what um, NXT has brought to the table. And then they go to Raw and SmackDown, it's almost a letdown. Well, these two here, after they left NXT, they went to the main roster, they went back to NXT, and now they're cut today. Tony Nese. Tony Nese, if you watch 205 Live, hell, if you watch Monday Night Raw, Tony Nese can go. And I've seen him on the independent circuits. He's a terrific, a terrific wrestler, uh, a powerful wrestler for his size. Somehow Tony Nese gets cut today. And this is going to be a, a theme in just a moment. So Davari gets cut. Uh, August Gray gets cut. I mentioned Everrise. It's a tag team. And again, I understand it's the WWE and they don't value tag team wrestling. I don't understand why there's not one company on the landscape today that says we're going to put our best foot forward when it comes to tag team wrestling. And I know that for some, it's a, a cost thing. you got to have two guys and you've got to be able to have like a division of tag teams. AEW has their tag teams, but it, it's not, they don't have their ducks in a row. We see a lot of tag team wrestling in AEW, but you don't have the number of wrestlers where I'd say, okay, now you got six or seven solid tag teams that you can watch that can main event on a regular basis. That's not where we are in wrestling today. So um, Ever Rise is out. Kurt Stallion's out. The Bollywood boys who had been there for a while. I know one of them tweeted, say, boy, you know, uh, we got injured just recently and we're trying to rehab and we just got cut while we're hurt. Uh, that sucks for the Sings. That's for sure. Arturo Ruas, <laughs> that was the uh, square peg in the round hole. I watched him at NXT, and it just kind of like this Brazil, this uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu type of karate master trying to get it done on the uh, professional wrestling level. It just it was never a fit. I liked the character. You know, Ruas back in the day would have been in a stable, right? Ruas would have been like the fourth guy in a, in a four-man stable managed by like Gary Hart. And Gary Hart or or, or J.J. Dillon or, you know, just other managers from the past would have said, I found this guy from Brazil. He's a danger. He's Ruas. He's different. He's not a professional wrestler. He's a fighter. He's a killer. Anything like that. Ruas would have fit definitely like 30 years ago. It wouldn't have been about his work, but just about how unorthodox he was. His style was different. He would have got over big time, I think. He's got the look, strong guy, but just a different type of approach than most professional wrestlers. So I think back in the day that would have worked. I noticed the way he just, the way he locked up was always different, right? Just, it was just always kind of, always in motion. And so he gets cut. Marina Shafir uh, gets cut. I mean, you might as well cut Shayna Baszler while you're at it, right? I mean, this whole thing where there's a three-person 
um, faction in NXT. Shafir gets cut. She was part of that. And Killian Dane, Nikki Cross's husband, also is let go. And Killian Dane is a guy that I thought would be able to get over NXT as a super heavyweight. Uh, I thought that he would do very well, and he was let go. So a couple of notes here. We talked about Tyler Breeze moments ago. He's been in the system since 2010. It's 2021. He's been in the system since 2010, was part of Florida Championship Wrestling and NXT, and was a cruiserweight. It was in the cruiserweight division, so I think that's a loss. Devara, he's 32. Uh, niece also being cut, as I mentioned, uh, a fixture on 205 Live. Parker and uh, Lee, uh, the Everrise tag team, had been with the company since 2019. Um, I mentioned Gray earlier, um, signed with the WWE in August of 2020 and also worked both 205 Live and NXT. Uh, Kurt Stallion, as a matter of fact, I think I might have seen him, but I haven't seen him often. Uh, he hadn't been. He had been cleared to uh, return to action after a wrist injury, and now he's cut. The Singh brothers, who I talked about, started in 2016, and then they were paired up with Jinder Mahal. You remember those are the guys that were kind of like the outside interference for Jinder Mahal. Uh, they've been on the main roster since 2017, and uh, Shafir, as I mentioned, a friend of Ronda Rousey's, part of the Four Horsewomen group, let go. And I mentioned Killian Dane. I was looking up here. He's 36, signed with the company in the WWE in 2016, part of that sanity faction that just felt another example of how that got over. I thought NXT, they, I'll never forget, sanity gets called up to the main roster. I'm like, no, because it's Eric Young, and I love Eric Young, right? And they go to San Diego on a SmackDown taping. And it was like they had zero reaction because people, the SmackDown people didn't know who they were. But I knew that that was a, a, a faction that got over and it, they just got killed because nobody understood what that was. They're in San Diego and it was just flatter than a plate full of piss. Nobody cared about sanity. And that really killed, I thought, Damien. It definitely killed Eric Young uh, in the WWE. But then. I always thought that Killian Dane, because he was a big guy, you know, he could be able to do something. He was in NXT in, uh, since 2019, and uh, he was let go. So here's the rub with this, and that is that clearly several things. On the small end, the WWE has killed 205 Live. This is the end for this show. Because as you look up, as they take a look at the roster, right, there there is hardly anything left here of 205 live. And if you want to put some of those the rest of that 205 roster on the uh on the main roster on SmackDown or Raw or NXT whatever. So just think about this for a second. I saw this tweeted out earlier uh, by Lucha Blog. Talking about 205 live, right? Cuz 205 live for those that don't know was pretty much a number of young guys uh, that were 205 pounds or less that can go, that can fly around the ring. That was a, it was its own brand. Rich Swan is gone. TJ Perkins is gone. Jack Gallagher gone. And that's for other reasons besides just wrestling, clearly, if you just research that. Uh, Ho-Ho Loon, Gerv uh, Sira, Harv Sira, 
Um, Noam Dara is on NXT UK. Noam Dara was part of 205 Live. He's one of the best heels in the company that no one knows. <laughs> Noam Dara is over at NXT UK. I'm a big fan. Uh, he has gone from like a baby face to a, just a, a chicken shit heel. He's very good. Noam Dara. I'm a big fan. Tony Nese gone. Drew Gulak is now on Raw, but you hardly see him, right? Davari gone. Cedric Alexander. Uh, Lince Dorado. Uh, Tazawa. Mustafa Ali, Grand Metalik, they're all on Raw. Brian Kendrick retired. Um, and so there you have it. And Austin Aries is gone. They're also part of 205 Live. After five years, I just gave you, after five years, all those wrestlers are no longer part of the 205 Live brand. They've either moved to Raw and just buried and not in any meaning, meaningful storylines, or they're just out of the company. Just think about all those names. Now, Here's the other thing that really stands out to me, and that is the fact that when you have this many cuts, hey, you want to get rid of some of the NXT people in the 205 Live people, that's fine. You want to do that, and you want to you, you know, just, just disband 205 Live, that's fine. But I'm here to tell you right now, and I don't have any concrete evidence of this. Vince McMahon, the WWE, was going to sell, and I don't know when. I always thought that Vince McMahon, if he could, would give the company to Shane or Triple H or Stephanie or some combination of what I just said. I thought he'd try to keep it in the family like Vince's dad did. Vince's dad was sick. Vince's dad says, I'm going to give it to you, son, but you're going to have to pay me for this. You know, otherwise we're going to take it away from you. And Vince was able to hold on to it, bet on himself. Uh, got WrestleMania off the ground in New York City. WrestleMania won, and, and like you know, of course, the rest is history for that company. But when you make this many changes, when you cut that many talent, when you do things like that, it makes me think that this company is going to be sold. Now, there's always speculation out there whether it's going to be NBC Universal or Disney or. Uh, Amazon. I have no idea. But Jim Ross was just on uh, the Jimmy Trania Sports Illustrated media podcast. And it was a simple question that was asked by Jimmy. And Jimmy is a big wrestling fan. Uh, but he got Jim Ross on. And we haven't had Jim on in a while. And, you know, I'm not going to ask him WWE questions. I know he's willing to answer anything I ask him because we've been uh, very friendly for the last 10 years. But Jimmy Trenia asked this question to Jim Ross, who worked for the company for a long time now and announced it for AEW, as you well know. Well, that's been made because they've had a lot of talent cuts, a lot of cuts in the in the office. No one would know the answer to this question better than you. I mean, would Vince ever sell? Yeah, I think he would. I, I think he would. Do you think they're getting ready to sell now? I don't know. It, it certainly seems to be leaning that way. You know, they're cutting their overhead, which is obvious. A lot of that is in payroll. Their payroll has ballooned hugely. Some of those guys have got cut the last round of cuts. Some of them are, you know, million-dollar-plus players. You get those guys and do the math again, and it kind of makes a little bit of sense that they could be traveling that road. The issue is, is that, and I believe this, that Vince is never going to step away. It'll be a tragic day when he's no longer the head honcho of WWE because he'll be passed away. He's there for... So that was a thought from Jim Ross with Jimmy Trenia. You can find that podcast on the Sports Illustrated Media Podcast with Jimmy Trenia when he had that long-form conversation with Jim Ross. There's, there's going to be a, sell, a sale here, and I don't know when. I don't know to whom. 
But when I asked a couple of people earlier today, when you cut as many people as the WWE has done, uh, that means that something's going on here. Because, hey, we're used to budget cuts, right? We see this usually where you're cutting talent after WrestleMania. It's, it's happened for years. And our reaction is like, oh, how could you do that? Oh, I can't believe that, you know. Um, and so, but it's happened more than once now. The, the other time, which we did not broadcast because they're not necessarily names that you and I know, they said they got rid of certain uh, office employees because of redundancy in the office. And then, so that's another 12, 15 people that they got rid of. And then, so they're cutting what they consider the fat of the company. And when you get rid of veteran guys like Fandango and Tyler Breeze, like you want to get rid of young talent, that's fine. If you get rid of veteran talent, that means that something's going on. Now, I want to make sure this is very clear also. If the WWE does sell to, say, Amazon or Disney or Whomever is interested in buying the library and buying the company, that doesn't mean the booking changes, right? Yeah, I mean, Vince McMahon could sell and still be the CEO of the company. He could still be able to decide what he wants to do as far as the booking. Changing Raw and SmackDown on the fly, which is just nonsense. It's so WCW, one of the reasons why that that company closed. Uh, um, Changing the script the day of the show. Not sure where your long-term booking is coming from. Changing things right before you, uh, before you start your broadcast, especially the live broadcasts. Um, and the other thing, too, is like for me as a fan, you may feel differently. And I'd love to get your feedback on this at uh, WrestlingTWT on Twitter. I, I kind of think that in some ways the WWE has stopped caring um, about you and I as the fan. And I, I want to make sure it's very clear. And again, go back to the archives. Go to my archives of, um, of this podcast. I've presented to you Nick Khan, the president of the WWE, and what he said about how Twitter does not matter. It says a small fraction of the wrestling fan. You would think that things that trend on social media should matter to the WWE. To Nick Khan, it does not matter. He said that to Colin Cowherd on the volume podcast that Colin did with Nick Khan. So obviously our voices don't matter. And clearly from the booking, it does not matter. I understand that wrestling is never going to be exactly the way you and I want it. But I just think there's a tone deaf feel there. Now the Triple H piece of this also tells me that there's a tone deaf feel to this. Because Triple H is just like, oh, fans mess up their own stuff. I mean, why can't you just, either just if you don't like it, don't watch. Who says that? Hey, I have a radio show every morning with David Kaplan, 7 to 10. If you don't like it, don't listen. Well, I mean, I, I could say that, but I'd like for you to listen. If you don't, it's nothing I can really do about it. But I'm not just so arrogant to think that, well, you know, I have a radio show every morning, so doesn't matter if you listen or not sure it matters i'd love for you to uh everyone's got their own choice uh on what they want to listen to but i would never be so brazen to say you know hey you know why don't you just sit back and just watch people trying to figure things out well it's a soap opera professional wrestling is a male soap opera and for some women it's their soap opera too but ultimately because of the majority of men that watch it's a male soap opera and Triple H just sitting back and just kind of just criticizing fans, you know, and it just didn't make sense to me. 
that kind of tone deafness means that there's also going to be change. <laughs> like, hey, you know what? We were making billions of dollars. We're a publicly traded company, so F you. And I, you know, I think that's really sad in a lot of ways. Okay, last thing. This is also part of Friday as well. There was a writer from the WWE that was fired. Did you see this? So, Kenneth Mobley, I believe her name is either Kenise or, or Kenneth, K-E-N-I-C-E. Maybe it's Kenise Mobley. She was part of the WWE creative team. She was a writer. She says, I have just been hired by WWE. They did not require me to know anything about wrestling. I am on the Raw team. So there is Raw and SmackDown, and the people I know that are on it are Bobby. His name is either Bobby Ashley or Bobby Lashley. And I really should know that. Uh, He's like this giant black guy. And he and the people who are part of his crew, I know that they call it, or they called it last year, or they call themselves the Hurt Business. The Hurt Business. They wear suits and they're like, we're cool. (laughs) She got fired because apparently she said this on on a podcast. Right? She said this on the podcast. She's an African-American writer and doesn't know anything about wrestling. And she got fired. Now, this was, I think this story broke on Thursday, but I see these quotes on, uh, uh, from the great Fowler. I saw this on Twitter earlier. Uh, and so, ultimately, she doesn't know anything about wrestling, put it out there, and then she got fired. Well, I'm not surprised that the WWE hired someone who doesn't know anything about wrestling. What what what? A, there's no shock in that. Of course, it, actually, the WWE doesn't need writers. They don't need them, but they have them because Vince McMahon believes that he's in Hollywood. He thinks that he needs Hollywood writers. Well, how do you? Why do you need so many writers when the comedy or the so-called comedy is the same? The same has been since two thousand. So WWE reportedly released writer following social media backlash. I see this here uh, on Inside the Ropes. I believe her name is Kenise Mobley, as I mentioned. A social media backlash where um, she appeared on the Asian Not Asian podcast. That's where that all comes from. Now, Mobley is a stand-up comedian with credits on The Tonight Show, Jimmy Fallon. Um, She's been on those shows. And she was on that podcast, Asian Not Asian podcast, to talk about her new role in the WWE. Yes, I've just been hired by WWE, given the things that you know about me and and my entire life and what I'm into. Yes, that's surprising. Yes, also a surprise for me. They did not require me to know anything about wrestling, but I do uh, have a background in film production and comedy writing. um, And they're like, perfect, come in. And she got fired for talking about how she doesn't know anything about wrestling. Why is that an embarrassment to the WWE? Why is that an embarrassment? Of course they're hiring people that are comedy writers. But here's the thing. It's Vince's sense of humor. And nothing's really changed about that. They're hiring comedy writers. Why do you need comedy writers on a wrestling show? You see the disconnect? <laughs> it's If it's supposed to be uh, faux... I want to say, like, faux wrestling, if it's supposed to be, like, you know, it's supposed to be a battle between two people, four people, six people, whatever, right? And you're writing episodic television. Why do you need comedy writers? 
Why do you need that? I mean, there could be something that the wrestlers could come up with and say, hey, we like to do this as part of a vignette. We like to do this and have this part be part of a story. Well, let the, put it in the hands of the wrestlers. Don't take it out of the hands of the wrestlers. You're hiring her, and she's like, I think her name, dude's name is Bobby Ashley. <laughs> and it's like, and like the WWE's embarrassed by it. It's like, oh, you said that you don't know. Have I mean, so clearly, I can have anybody that I know. And it's like, hey, the WWE's hiring. They need some writers. And if you have a background in film or comedy or if you're a stand-up comedian, you could do this. Just be a writer for the WWE. For what? For what? Why do you need that? And there's, again, the further disconnect that I have with the WWE. It doesn't mean that I'm anti-WWE, but I just don't understand why that's necessary. I, I, I understand from Vince's standpoint because he wants to say like, hey, these movies and these TV shows have writers. Well, we have to have writers too. Well, ultimately, it's about the action in the ring. If you're trying to produce vignettes, that's what Bruce Pritchard's for. And Bruce Pritchard could be able to work with a couple of people, come up with some concepts, and then boom. I'll give you an example real quick before I let you go. Cameron Grimes, right? I mentioned this in a previous podcast about Cameron Grimes. Cameron Grimes in L.A. Night has so much Bruce Pritchard on it, it's not even funny. He may not have anything to do with it, but it feels like Bruce was producing that because the million-dollar man Ted DiBiase is part of that, and there was a story that was told. Well, Cameron Grimes got into some money, right? And he was able to get into some money and be able to um, say that, hey, I'm rich, or at least feels like he's rich. But he's not as rich as the million-dollar man Ted DiBiase. And so now you have L.A. Knight and you have Cameron Grimes fighting for the um, for the championship, for the million-dollar championship. Well, I mean, that was simple, right? You didn't need comedy writers to talk about that. A guy that, that looks like he's from a trailer park becomes into some money and he kind of still looks the same. And he now Ted DiBiase gets a part of this, L.A. Knight gets part of it, and it's a story. Do you need comedy writers for any of that? I mean, Bruce, as we've known over the years, can be able to produce something like that and then boom. He, he was producing vignettes for MJF when uh, Bruce was working for MLW. I'm like, and I, if you go back to the archives again of this podcast, last time I talked to Bruce, I said, Bruce, did you produce MJF's uh, vignettes? He goes, guilty. Yes. And you could just tell, right? I mean, they make things so difficult. And now they're embarrassed, and they fire this this writer. They embarrass. That I mean that's ridiculous, but it's just uh, not surprising, right? From the WWE, hey, you are into comedy. You're into writers, not into people that care about professional wrestling. Okay, so I just want to leave you with that uh, breaking news. I'm going to see if there's anything else. I don't think there's any, been any more cuts just as of yet. I will. Take a look here before I I see that uh, Ric Flair is at the uh, Red Sox game. So that's the latest that I that I have right now as far as news when it comes to pro wrestling. So 13 wrestlers released today on Friday, June the 25th as we record this this afternoon. Don't forget to go back into the archives of TWT where I talk about In Your House, my thoughts about Triple H uh, being an ass to the media and to fans and being tone deaf. 
Also, my thoughts on Hell in a Cell and uh, my thoughts on that show that took place with the WWE as well. I'm John the Hood. All I need you to do is tell people that John the Hood talks wrestling. Leave five stars and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to this podcast. As always, I appreciate your support.